my point of view on this is if you don't have a system that aggregates all of this data into a single place, you're going to struggle to do things like succession planning, workforce planning, understanding how you can help managers be the best manager they can be to promote that internal talent, figure out where talent hoarding is happening and talent hoarding is real, right? You got to figure out where that's happening by looking at your average tenure. Somebody might be in a role for far too long. Maybe the best approach for you to take is to promote them internally, right? Before they actually start looking elsewhere. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. Of course, is now time, excuse me, for Talent Experience Live, uh, the show that covers everything that you need to know in talent acquisition, recruiting, talent management, and of course, everyone's favorite human resources. I am your host, Devin Faust. We have a wonderful program for you today. Today, we're talking about workforce intelligent and employee relationship management. Uh, but before we get into that, it is tradition around these parts to really get the comments flowing, uh, to get the folks at home involved. So I love to kick things off with a, a nice, easy icebreaker for you, which today is, uh, when do you officially declare spring? Uh, I declared it this morning when I was up at five o'clock in the morning and got to ride my bike to the gym and wear shorts. It was fantastic. It wasn't frigid. My hands didn't fall off. Uh, so it was the first day of spring for me today. Um, but for others, it may be that first smell of fresh cut grass or your first Aperol spritz out on the lanai, um, or it could just be your first baseball game that you go to for that year. Let me know in the comments section when you declare the first day of spring as I kind of dive into our topic today. Obviously, talent management and people managers are on the lookout for the best ways to upskill and evolve as well as retain their employees. Uh, but both stakeholders a lot of times lack the data and context needed to inform their decisions. And really, it impacts management capabilities required to guide employees on a path towards success. So today we are going to learn all about workforce intelligence and employee relationship management uh, and how they formed, quite frankly, a, a, to be a power couple. They are the new uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. So without any further hesitation, I am going to bring on my guest. But first I see Maggie hopped in the comment section and she said, when it's warm enough to drink rosé, Maggie, it's always warm enough to drink rosé if you're inside or, quite frankly, in the mood. Uh, Sarah Williamson tunes in and says, for me, it's when it's warm enough to go on morning runs and see spring flowers. I completely agree, Sarah. Uh, there is nothing worse than a cold run. Um, but I can't wait to hear what our guest has to say about this question. We are now going to bring on Jesus Latour Sokis, lead product manager here at Phenom. And we're going to find out when he declares the first day of spring. Let's welcome him onto the program. Jesus, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. I saw a, a couple more comments come in as we beamed you up like Scotty from Star Trek. Uh, Tanzania says, the beginning of spring is the first sight of a rabbit. Maybe that's Easter for a lot of folks. Uh, Christine Cleveland says, baseball season starts is when you know it is spring. I've been to a few opening day games here in Philadelphia. It's a little bit too cold for spring for me there. But I understand, Christina, for the love of the game, you'll be out there. And Jennifer Thomas says, it is her birthday. 
because it's the first day of spring on the calendar, uh, which while I have you, Jen, I want to apologize. It was Elle's birthday last week. Happy birthday. And Tom says, are you ready for it, Jesus? He says, when Jesus, right. he listens. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Uh, Jesus, what's, when's the first day of spring for you? When, when, when so you I was thinking about that. And actually, the more I thought about it, I think the first day of spring for me is when I'm making plans and they get ruined by rain. That's the first day of spring for me. It, it, like when you go get a car wash and then all of a sudden you lose. And all of a sudden it's raining out of nowhere. Because yeah. it rains. Absolutely. Yeah. And what are they, what's the old saying? April showers, bring May flowers. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, hopefully it doesn't rain on, on, on you today because uh, we have an exciting topic, Jesus. Uh, and I want to kick things off really from a, from a high level. Um, we have a, a ton of folks in the comment section chiming in, um, but just from the top, what exactly is workforce intelligence and employee relationship management and how do they intersect? So it's a good question. So employee relationship management from our perspective, it's really a central location to just manage your employee, your workforce internally, whether that's from a concept of um, looking at your employee aspirations, communicating with your managers, breaking down your organization into department, business units, or managerial units. Um, employee relationship management is, think of it as our CRM, except it's dedicated solely for the purpose of managing your workforce. Now, workforce intelligence, on top of that, is a function that we leverage within our employee relationship management tool, which is really taking all of that data, all of that great organizational data, and just giving you intelligence around things that you can action on, um, things that can help you support your manager teams, help you support your employees, um, or even help support your um, recruitment team from a workforce planning perspective as well. Um, so they're kind of married one together. They're all um, kind of tied together in terms of uh, how we think about them here. Uh, but that's that's the way we kind of define them internally. That makes sense. And I, I love the an analogy there of a CRM for your employees, uh, because oftentimes I think of, you know, we, we spend so much time and effort to get talent in the door. Um, but it's almost like when you're, you're trying to sell something, right? Think about the subscription service that you may have, whether it's Netflix, HBO, or now it's called just max, whatever it may be. We still get emails about when the next show is coming out exactly. or when it may be time to renew. That's a CRM that's housed there. It's the same expectation for for employees, right? Where now that they're here, let's stay in touch with them. Let's let them know what's new and, and going on in the organization. But you you mentioned workforce intelligent there, and I, I think we're going to talk a lot about data today. But I want to ask you, is there really a competitive advantage to organizations that, that may be leveraging workforce intelligence when it comes to, to their employees? 100%. 100%. If you think about if you think about a scenario, right, every time we go shopping, every time we take out a loan, a mortgage, or whatever we do in our lives, in our regular lives, outside of work, right, we typically look at um, reviews. We typically look at all of these different factors that help us as individuals make decisions, right? So it's no difference from a workforce intelligence perspective. As an organization, how do you decide whether you're buying talent externally, going to your recruitment team, opening up a rack and finding external talent versus how do you define whether there's people internally that have aspirations to move into a role that you need to hire for, have the right skill sets that maybe 
they didn't know they had the right skill sets to move to another role, right? It's the same concept. You need data to understand how to make actions or how to take actions, whether that's buying externally through recruiting, promoting internally, which hopefully you're promoting internally, uh, but you, you need that data to really make that decision. So absolutely, I think workforce intelligence is extremely crucial to any talent lifecycle and even more crucial for employees. I, I, I want to touch on, on that for a second because you, you mentioned moving throughout the organization there. And I, I think this data that you speak of, are there telltale signs of when a, a particular position, maybe time to look at a promotion or a you know transfer of departments, whatever it may be. I think of entry level positions in, in the most part, right? I know from my experience in, in in a past life, typically it was around that year mark. Is mm -hmm. the data that organizations have can it hone in even more so on that and say at six months the first conversation needs to happen because we've Absolutely. lost X number of employees then follow up in nine months or so on. Is that the type of data that you're gathering or is it even, does it even get more granular than that? It's that and even more granular, right? When, when we think about whether you're thinking entry level, mid-level, senior level, historically in an organization, you, you have an average number of years that somebody spends in that role and moves on to the next role. But how do, you, how do you identify that data, right? That's intelligence. That's intelligence that we bring forward and say, this person has been in this role for far too long. You may want to think about promoting. Um, or this person's new to this role, maybe mid-range, has the right skills for another role. Whether you're looking to promote them or not, you may want to just shift them inside, inside the organization, right? So if you think about um, reshifting, reshuffling, that's a, that's a big keyword nowadays, right? How, how do you find that talent internally? That's, that's all part of the intelligence avenue. But also, even if maybe a person isn't quite ready to move, they have aspirations, right? Where are those aspirations being stored? Well, in most cases, a spreadsheet, a resume, nothing digital that can help a leader, a person leader or an HR leader look at the organization and say, hey, this, this group of folks raised their hand and said, I want to move into marketing. Maybe they're not ready, but you can start promoting initiatives. You can start working with managers and teams based on that intelligence that you have to really make sure that you're putting them in the right path to get there. Yeah. Now you mentioned skills there. And I, I, I think it poses an interesting question, which is a lot of times when I think of skills, I think of LinkedIn's or I think of, you know, resume builders or something where it's a checkbox, right? And I'm self-selecting. And I imagine that from an an employer perspective or a manager perspective, they're also self-selecting during annual reviews or, or whatever it may be. Is there a, a way that we're to all this talk around generative AI where we're gathering more insights on skills, um, where somebody may be accessing, you know, a, a certain amount of information from the, the website, right? Where they're very passionate about employee relations or they're very passionate about account management or something along those lines. Are we starting to, to see the kind of writing on the wall where that is the next step? It's no more, I'm going to put my best face on this resume and submit it. It's let's see what interest this individual actually has. And if they're doing the homework to add those skills. You're right. You're exactly right. Now I'll talk about Phenom, but obviously other systems are doing something similar as well, but tracking activities, right? This is, this is a crucial intake for us from a Phenom perspective to bring for, forward even more intelligence, right? Yes, 
an employee has the right to say, I think I have these skills. I think I can perform this job. I think, I think if you're not collecting that transparency from your employees, um, you're not giving them the, the space to be able to bring their true selves to, to, the, to work. Now, there's obviously other factors to that. An employee can always say, I'm the best at everything. We, we've seen that too, right? Um, and, that's, and I think that's where you really start getting into conversations of people you work with know what skills you have, whether that be your manager or your peers. Having them endorse those skills goes a long way. On top of that, projects, learning opportunities, mentorship opportunities, um, coaching opportunities, these are all informative actions that you can take in a platform like ours that we can start even further inferring those skill sets. Hey, you've taken 10 courses that will represent ChatGPT. You may, be a, you may be a beginner, you may be intermediate, but hey, you've taken the courses, you're actioning on this. We know you're practicing those skills in the real world through learning and you've completed it. Hey, you've completed a project or um, uh, a development code or whatever that looks like, a short-term project that required this skill set. And this manager that requested you gave you a really good review. You probably have that skill. We can start inferring Yes, you're an expert at this skill because you've done the work, you've done the activities, you've proved out your worth and your skill sets in actual life scenarios. Yeah. No, that, that that makes sense. And I think from, you mentioned mentorships there, and mm -hmm. I, that opens up this, this thought of me for a two-way street, right? Where you can cultivate these positive relationships for folks who want to upskill, but mm -hmm. I, the, you know, kind of... Uh, the idea of someone he's like, or some individual who says, why would I help? Right. What, what's in it for me, I think is, is the main point. And there's an opportunity there to really build leadership skills, right? If it is a, you know, an individual who provides and is, is a self-starter, but they want that manager title or they want that director title. And now they're going to teach their skills. How do you cultivate those those relationships and how do you have that conversation with somebody who maybe hasn't raised their hands um, that they need help or they need whatever it may be, but they want to be a, a mentor? Does that question make sense? Yeah. And, I, and I, I'm going to flip that and, and kind of put it into two different ways, right? Because we think about um, more of an informal avenue, like a coaching avenue. Hey, maybe I'm not I'm not quite sure I can be a great mentor, but I don't mind having one-off conversations, maybe a one-on-one -on -one to just talk about what my role is, what skill sets I bring to the table and why I use them. Um, the other avenue to that could be more of the formal, what we consider a mentorship program, right? Building those leadership skills to coach others, bring them into the light, bring them into um, a more excellus role or skill set. Um, I like to think about them in those two different scenarios. Um, scenario one, being able to find somebody in the organization that maybe has that right role, that right title, mm -hmm. or maybe that right skill, right? That's, that's the first piece. That's intelligence right there. That's intelligence of an employee within the organization, raising their hand and saying, Hey, I have this skill. I work within this role. I have this job title. I'm good. You can start establishing one-off connections, grab a beer, grab a drink, grab a coffee, grab a lunch, whatever it is. You can even do it informal um, over like a Zoom video or things like that. Um, that helps open the doors for more than just a mentorship opportunity, but also opens the door for me as an individual just to get to know what your role is, 
or what this skill is all about. I think that's, that's a crucial opportunity for us to think about. The second piece is mentoring, right? Uh, and you have a question, Devin, you want to chime in? Oh, no, 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 no. I was going to expand, but keep going. Keep, you're, you're on a roll. So the second one we think about is mentoring, right? Now, now I know that we have mentors in the organization. The biggest problem around mentorship programs is they're not easily accessible to the organization. They're siloed. They're siloed to a certain department, to certain individuals. There's no, there's no clear way to identify who's a mentor in the organization. And again, I think that's intelligence that you need to bring to the table. If you have mentors in the organization that have availability and can help coach and nurture your employees for these skill sets, why not present them to the organization? Why keep them siloed to just a certain department or a certain group of folks? Let's open the floodgates. Let's, let's let employees find mentors, find coaching opportunities, find informal connections. Um, I think mentorship, to your point, goes two ways, right? You're completing a mentorship program. You're gaining skills. But not only me as a mentee, but me as a mentor as well, I'm gaining skills. I can coach others. I can guide others. I can be a leader within the organization. That's just going to go a long way. No, you're 100% right. And I, I see the value of that. The one thing that I want to, to call attention to is you mentioned it can start with easy, casual conversations, which I think, and correct me if I'm wrong here, could help benefit the business as a whole Yeah, right from day one. And it, I, I'm not talking about upskilling or anything along those lines, but yeah. it's simply knowing who to go to when you have a question, right? I think back to Jesus, when we were in the office in, in 2019 and the early stages of, of 2020 before we were remote, um, we used to go up and just ask questions, right? I was on the product marketing side of the house at that time. And if I had a question about something that was EX related, I knew mm -hmm. exactly who to go to. Now, fast forward to 2020, people are leveraging that in the same way where they can go ask those questions. And all it starts with, as, as you pointed out, is a Zoom meeting. It's a, a drink. It could be a coffee break, whatever that may be. But I want to go out on a limb here and say, as a whole, that is beneficial to the organization, right? It's streamlining mm -hmm. those relationships. Is there another way that, that you've seen customers or, or potentially prospects who are, are discussing this with you, how it's impacted their relationship to a, a grand stage? Well, I think the biggest impact we continue to hear is transparency and flexibility. I think, I think and, and if you think about just market data in general, trends in the market, trends of what employees are looking for, they're looking for opportunities. Opportunities, I hear the word opportunity and I always think, tend to think about uh, I'm looking for the next job. But from my perspective, an opportunity doesn't just always mean a job. It just means I want the opportunity to learn. I want the opportunity to grow. I want the opportunity to try new things and just be involved. Be involved, whether that's, you know, one-to-one -one connections. And I think, I think all of that intelligence can lead to understanding engagement levels to the organization. And I think that's really where the biggest benefit comes into, into play, right? Somebody that's highly engaged, somebody that's connecting one-on-one, -on -one, somebody that's looking at your content videos, your marketing videos, somebody that's adding a skill to their profile, whether they say they're an expert or not, and it's been validated or not. Hey, that's, that's an engagement opportunity that can help guide an organization to saying, Hey, I have a problem in this division. Nobody's working. Nobody, let me take that back. Nobody's working is probably a bad way to say it. Um, no, nobody's, nobody's engaged. 
nobody's updating their profile. Nobody's doing activities that we're, that we're bringing to the table for them. There's something going on here. And it could just be as simple as awareness. It could be an even bigger problem, though, at that point, right? If, you, if nobody's engaged, what's preventing them from leaving the organization? And that's when leaders, HR leaders, can leverage things like ERM, things like um, ERM is also short for Employee Relationship Management, um, Employee Relationship Management Workforce Intelligence to understand those cues before they happen, but also present those cues to managers. Hey, your team might be at risk because they're not engaged. They're not, we've given them access to learning. We've given them access to all of these opportunities and they're not taking it up. Let's, let's figure out why, let's figure out what we can do um, to make sure we keep them engaged. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you say ERM, right? And immediately, I think if you're not engaging in ERM, if you're not doing that, your organization could be on its way to just the ER, right? The emergency room at the end of the day, because you have to have that engaged workforce that you mentioned. But I want to ask this question which is how did leaders and managers track it, right? At the end of the day, we mentioned, or you mentioned engaging with things, adding a skill. Is there a central hub that, that Phenom has put together where you can see kind of the health of an organization um, or even a department or a division, whatever that may be, where you can illuminate the spotlight and say, hey, let's let's pay some attention to this team. Let's build some of that relationships that, that need let's cultivate these young professionals or professionals in general to stay here for the long haul yeah and, and that, that's honestly exactly what what workforce intelligence is it's bringing to light intelligence for any part of the organization however you want to splice the data right you may want to focus on a managerial level you may want to focus on a on a group with a band level of one entry level in this case um, you may want to focus on a department or a region or a country or whatever, right? That, that's where workforce intelligence comes into play. It's bringing all of the systems together because there are systems. There's TA, there's CRMs, there's employee talent marketplaces, there's manager experiences. All of those systems have to be able to talk to one another. That's the first key part. And when they're talking to one another, that creates a, a strong workforce intelligence, what skills should I be having and should be looking for? What's happening in this sector? What's happening in this department? Um, what's happening within this business unit? Hey, maybe I know in the next six months, we're going to have an emerging skill, right? Because we're hiring. Um, we started opening up requisitions that require this skill. I need to upskill or create initiatives within my organization. How do you do that? Well, you do it by that intelligence. Based on that intelligence, you can now start creating in initiatives that We'll push out learning paths, learning plans, mentorships, gigs, projects. And all of that can be informational, not just for employees to know that, hey, my organization thinks I should be doing these things, but also for managers. When managers have their one-on-ones, that's another key factor, right? How do they, how do they come prepared to these one-on-ones if they don't have the data, if they don't have the intelligence, um, if they don't know their employees' aspirations or what they should be working on outside of their normal functions to help promote them in the organization, right? I think that's where workforce intelligence comes into play. And all of that sits inside of our employee relationship management tools. Yeah. Does this, uh, you think, not, not to bring up my favorite television show right now, but I'm going to anyway, Succession, right? Does, does this play a key role in succession planning where maybe... 
there's always going to be that instance where you reach out to an employee, you try and uh, maybe foster a good relationship, but it just doesn't work, right? They're yeah. they're ready to move on. Um, does this provide the insights for you to see who may be the next person yeah, to absolutely. those goals, or if you have to open it up? I'll let you absolutely. go. Sorry. Absolutely. If you think about succession in general, the way the way Phenom at least thinks about succession planning, right? We think about it from a role perspective. You you know what you need, you know what your workforce looks like for that role, and you also know key insights about that that workforce side whether somebody's a flight risk, whether somebody is over tenured, maybe they've been in that role for far too long and you need to find a way to promote them. Um, or maybe somebody has a hypo um, assigned to their profile, right? These are all key elements for you to start making decisions around, I have this role, I have two people that are flight risks, they've been applying outside of the, outside of the, the organization, they've been applying to other departments in the organization, Maybe their manager hasn't had any good one-on-ones. This is key insights for organizations to start having that insight of saying, hey, I need to find somebody in case something bad happens. Um, And how do you find that somebody? Usually you would have to kind of talk to managers and ask the question, hey, who do you think could succeed this role? Mm -hmm. Now this is workforce intelligence, right? This is exactly what we want to bring to the table is, we have all of all of this employee data, but you're not you, you don't centralize. And if it's not centralized, how do you find a great successor? Um, all of these employees are adding again aspirations. Maybe they're selecting a career path that they're interested in. Maybe they have the right skills, but they don't know that they have the right skills for another role. Um, these are all intelligent tools, intelligent insights when creating a succession plan. Finding the right skills, finding the right folks in the organization who are ready to move. Um, and finding the right opportunities internally before you even start thinking about externally. That makes sense. And and I'm sensing a theme here, Jesus, where uh, all of this is not a single silo product, right? Where it really does, you. in order to have workforce intelligence, you have to have some sort of tracking on, on your ERM, right? You have to be able to have an internal career site to see if there is a potential flight risk with an employee who's looked at the account executive job seven times this month to see if it's been filled um, when they're, they're looking for that next promotion. So uh, am I way off? Is it uh, this holistic approach is really the only way you're going to get all of these insights and all of these directions to find that path to success? I, I think so. I, I think we, from a phenom perspective, we firmly believe that to be true. Um, I think there's other factors too that help, right? Because we we fo- we we've solely focused on the the talent management insights, the employee data activities from people leaders, but also activities from like the HR side. But there's there's other factors that go into play here. Um, if you think about recruiting, right now now we're getting more on the talent acquisition side. Um, recruiting your recruiters are typically looking for external candidates and when they hire them internally you're bringing you're 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 buying those skills those skills that they have on their resume and things like that are now new skills coming into the organization these are great indicators to even our erm users to understand what's coming in what's leaving the organization when an employee leaves and becomes an alumni they're taking skills with them right what's the income what's the inbound what's the outbound um and what do i need to do from a learning perspective or, or an opportunities perspective to um, either retain the skill sets that are coming in, evolve the skill sets that are brand new, 
um, or find ways to just retain employees so that they don't actually become alumni. Uh, but if they do become alumni, how do I bring them back into the organization? Those are skills they took with them. Doesn't mean they can't come back, right? That's that whole boomerang status. So there, there's other factors that I think play into workforce intelligence. Um, but ultimately, um, understanding how you can help managers be the best manager they can be to promote that internal talent, figure out where talent hoarding is happening and talent hoarding is real, right? You got to figure out where that's happening by looking at your average tenure. Somebody might be in an organ in a, in a role for far too long. Maybe the best approach for you to take is promote them internally, right? Before they actually start looking elsewhere. And you can't do that if you're, systems aren't all connected and talking to one another. Yeah. And, and you can't do that if you're, you're stuck to a schedule as well, yeah. right? So many organizations are look at this from a, a calendar year perspective yeah. where it's, um, we have to promote within, you know, the new year or whatever that may be. Um, what the insights that you're talking about are going to illuminate when a manager can have a conversation earlier, which is then going to have that, more fun conversation of what direction yeah. do you want to go in? Yeah. Right. And then it allows that preparation time. So you don't have to backfill a role. Mm -hmm. And to your point, it can start from day one with, with a new hire, right? You mentioned yeah. those skills. I think of a tailored, a tailored onboarding process, right? Where mm -hmm. if you are bringing in a senior recruiter or a senior talent acquisition lead, they probably know the terminology around a CRM or around an ATS or whatever it may be, right? A Boolean search, all of these things. They could probably skip a couple of those steps and now it's tailored. They're having a better day one. Yeah. They're being more productive early on. And it just helps the organization as a whole and, and having all of that connected yeah. uh, is, is awesome, Jesus. Before we go, I know we, we got into a little bit of the weeds there talking about TA, but I love talking about it. Uh, is there anything that we missed? Anything you want to add or share about ERM and workforce intelligence? Um, I got to think about that question now. I, I feel like we covered a lot. We did. Um, we did. And we went off script too, which yeah, was we went off script. the conversation. <laughs> Honestly, it's the best way to go about it. But yeah, um, you know, I think I think one one last thing I'll I'll cover around that. It's it, it's not enough to just capture bullet points from employees. You got to activities, right? And we, we talk about this from a phenom perspective, even on like the external career site, right? Segmenting your audiences based on what they're interested in. It's the same concept for employees. You got to segment your employees based on their journeys, based on their activities. And that's got to be intelligence that you have to take in. An employee that's constantly taking learning may be more interested in, in getting served up opportunities around learning over mentorships, right? How do you identify that? Do you you got to have a platform that can really bring that intelligence and serve it up in a personalized way to every employee. Yeah. We're, we're all different, right? Like yeah, we've, exactly. we've been taught that from an early age. The way we learn is different. The way we grow is different. Mm -hmm. um, that's why when it comes to, to driving a car, there's a written test and then there's a driving test and the written test. It doesn't have to be perfect, right? Like it can, you can get by with an 80%. Yeah. I believe the driving test, same thing. You're allowed a few mistakes here, which is horrifying now that we're <laughs> talking about it out loud, but nonetheless, you, you learn, uh, some people learn by doing right, which is okay. getting behind the wheel of a car. Same thing when it comes to an organization, we shouldn't abandon those things and look at 
employees as as cogs in the wheel, right? Yeah. You're mentioning all of this intelligence really breaks down an individual at the end of the mm-hmm. day, not a one size fits all job description. Because Jesus, I'm going to ask you a question that was posed to me on the show a few weeks ago with one of our partners. Does your job change every single day? I I imagine that it does. Or, or are you doing the same thing? If you ever want to make a career path into product management, <laughs> our jobs are ever changing every single day. Uh, one day I may be doing one thing. The next day I may be doing a completely different thing. I yeah. the multi hat the multi hat. Um, metaphor for product managers is real. Mm-hmm. We do we do a little bit of everything. Every day is a new opportunity. Every day is a new learning um, curve for me. So yes. You, you mean to tell me that being a guest on Talent Experience Live was not on your job description when Definitely you were this role? No. All right. Okay. Kevin, for you, anytime. I appreciate it. Um, I honestly, this conversation has been great. Uh, Jesus, I, I appreciate you taking the time uh, from your busy day to, to join me and talk about this. One last question for you. Are you going to be at the, the Phenom X plus live event next week? Of course. Yeah. Wouldn't uh, miss it for the world. There's going to be some really fun stuff happening there around the ERM side too. So, yeah. um, I'll be there. I'll be, I'll yeah. be there with a smile on my face. I can't, can't wait. Um, for those of you who may be listening to the podcast, we will put the link in the show notes. Uh, I'll also comment it on uh, LinkedIn as well as YouTube. Jesus, I want to thank you so much for your time. And I, I hope you get to go have some lunch. And hopefully it doesn't rain so that it does. It feels like spring a little yeah. bit for you. All right. Thanks, Devin. Appreciate it. Have a good one. That was Jesus Latour Sokis, who is a member of our product management team here at Phenom. He's actually a lead product manager, uh, in case you couldn't tell from how insightful that conversation was. Of course, we talked about everything uh, from workforce intelligence to ERM, but it seems like there's going to be some new information coming out next week at the Phenom X Plus live event. So you won't want to miss that. Uh, I know next Thursday, we are going to have a a special guest, Jen Thomas, who is going to come on, talk about a new report that Phenom is uh, about to release and everything in between. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you missed any of it, you can catch the replay on LinkedIn. You can catch the replay on YouTube, uh, as well as Spotify and Apple Music. I hope everyone has a fantastic rest of their week. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Talent Experience Live, of course, is proudly brought to you by the good folks here at Phenom, whose purpose is to help a billion people find the right job. Our intelligent talent experience platform, which helps candidates find the right roles faster, employees evolve in their current roles and beyond, recruiters achieve some next level productivity, and managers build better teams with data and analytics. And of course, all of this is powered by super slick artificial intelligence and machine learning. So head on over to phenom.com to learn more. While you're there, check out the promo for I am Phenom. It is right on the homepage. Don't be afraid to click on it. See who keynote speakers are going to be, see what session tracks are happening and everything in between, including networking and party.